1: Welcome to Ice Sport Radio. It's the BSH Radio Rest of the League show and of course we're going to be talking a lot of flyers tonight. Anytime in any NHL GM, anytime an NHL team fires its GM, it's a big deal. When they do it 2 months into a season, it's an even bigger deal. And when an NHL team fires its GM two months into a season, and he's a franchise icon, anointed the prodigal son when he returned from his apprenticeship in Los Angeles uh, to rescue the team he won a Vezina and a Conn Smythe trophy with and took to two Stanley Cup finals, it's a freaking huge story. So we'll be dedicating some of the non-Flyer show to yours, mine, and our, the Philadelphia Flyers. Let's get right into it. Uh, did I say it already? My name's Bill Mattson, we director of Fun and Games for the evening. You did uh, with not, me- but it's true. Yeah, with me are my, uh, it's, it's actually ladies' night here at Sport Radio, no Charlie, but we do have the fly-by-herself, Kelly Hinkle.
2: Yeah, we do have me, and I am perplexed by the Flyers I know it's the NHL show but let's be honest the only thing anybody wants to talk about is what the Flyers are doing
1: I mean this is the biggest news in the league unless like the William Nylander story breaks now
2: (laughs) right and uh, I don't I I no longer understand what's happening like the moves that are happening lead me to believe that I'm not going to like how this all ends up but I guess it remains to be seen
1: and last but certainly not least Stephlicious D Steph Driver
0: I also have no idea what the hell this team is doing. Um, it is all anybody is talking about in the NHL. Um, we were all prepared, and I think that even he himself, Dave Haxtall, was prepared for him to get let go. And then all of a sudden it's Ron Hextall, and then it's Chris Pryor, and then it's Gord Murphy. What?
1: Well, I mean, I look. Yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's all that crazy, because you let Hextall go, he's the guy running the thing, and then you go from there. Dave Hextall, they came out pretty strongly in support of, at least in the interim, just in that, hey, we recognize that there were two huge glaring issues with this team last year. The penalty kill, which nobody did anything to fix. And goaltending, which nobody did anything to fix. So if you're going to properly evaluate Dave Haxtall, and like I always say when I try to defend him in some way, I don't want him to be the coach and don't think he's very good and hope he gets released eventually. Um, I understand the thinking here. Gord Murphy, the uh, it's something I wanted to get to was this uh, thing about the... Um, about the coaching staff and his assistants, because I linked all these articles here. I don't know if you had time to read every single one of them, because there's like ten uh, that I linked. But the only one following the uh, following the Holmgren and uh, Dave Scott press conference that mentioned this part of this uh, of this um, Paul Holmgren quote was, Rom, was Rob parents in the Delco Times. Where he said we talked a little. Uh, we talked a little about his staff moving forward. That was about it. Talking about what kind of conversations they've had with Dave Hextall. So, if I'm going to venture a guess, Dave went, "Yeah, this is a guy I don't really need around," and Chris Pryor seems like a guy who's loyal to Hextall. I mean, fair. However,
2: as you just pointed out, the penalty kill has been horrific for going on four or five years now. So you'd think if they were starting to fire assistant coaches they would fire the absolute worst one like obviously the the defense hasn't been stellar but i don't think it's down to gord murphy's coaching strategies like if i had to rank a list of members of the flyers front office that i think were problematic i don't even know if gord murphy would make the list because <laughs> frankly he i don't think he does i mean i'm sure he does a ton but like i'm not sure how much of it impacts in-game stuff as directly as, like, what Ian LePerriere does and what he's been doing terribly for years. And so the fact that he's remaining... Like, I can see that Haxall might still be here. Okay, fine. But if they're letting go of assistant coaches and lower-level staff, I don't understand how Ian LePerriere isn't the first guy out the door.
0: Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me either. Um, So Gord Murphy was in charge of the defense. The defense has been a mess this year, and, you know, most years prior, but that being said, outside of Provorov, outside of Ghost, what else did he really have to work with?
2: Yeah, until we had those two come up, we didn't really have great personnel on defense.
1: And I think they believe, at this point, there are going to be personnel changes, and they're going to be left up to the new general manager, and the I, I think they kind of blame the penalty kill on personnel, which includes defense and goaltending. Um, and I, I really think all firings and everything they do from here – I mean, Goldborn getting sent down, That's I, he gets called up and sent down every week now. And Cal Pickard getting waived, he stinks. So that is what it is. Um, but I think they're I kinda, do I do want
0: to talk about goalies in a little bit, but please continue. I'm sorry. Think
1: they're, I think the firings, the removals of coaches and, and front office personnel – I think it's all cultural at this point. I think there's a real issue over in the office. And whoever gets let go, those are Hextall's guys. That's my guess.
2: But, like, Dave Hextall is Hextall's guy. It's Maybe, just, maybe not. I, I don't know. It's just super weird the way Remember this Travis is Remember sha- Travis Yeah, that's true. It's just weird the way this is shaking out. Like, it's not at all the way that I expected it, that it would go. And it at this point, the way that they're talking... It seems like they're in on Dave Haxtell and he's not really going anywhere, which is not what I would have guessed is going to happen.
0: (laughs) I am not so sure. I know what they said in the press conference, but if if they're looking at a timeline of having a new general manager within a couple weeks as opposed to months... Do you really want to let Dave Haxtell go, bring in an interim, and then let the interim go in a couple weeks?
2: No, no, I, no, I totally
0: get that. But the idea that they're, like,
2: consulting him about which members of the coaching staff should mm. stay or should go. Or, I don't
1: know. It, I don't know. I, I don't know.
2: <laughs> my,
1: my guess, and the only person I saw really bring this up, was actually in Charlie's article covering the press conference. Um, when you look at what's going on optically over there, Alright, Paul Holmgren, the guy who was the GM, just fired his replacement. The CEO of Comcast is involved. All of a sudden, Bobby freaking Clark is back in the fold, like, making decisions and shit. Um, A potential GM might look at this and go, what kind of power am I actually going to have? So I think they are trying to, like, demonstrate that, hey guys, um, if you take this job, you're in charge. We're not going to be overstepping, and we're not going to be like m- creating a bias against Dave Haxtall before you even get here, or whoever. Like, I do think there's a lot optically going on to make the job, uh, to make the job like desirable. Because how many GM jobs open up in the middle of the season? It's hard to find a good candidate right now.
0: Mhm. Yeah. It, it just like I get it. I get it. It just is a little bit bizarre to me.
1: It's, the whole thing, firing a GM in November is bizarre.
0: Like, all the, right, so I'm thing, not, the whole thing, right? is,
1: the whole thing is abnormal. Uh, I will say, I put this out on Twitter because I couldn't wait to talk to you guys today. I had trouble sleeping and just needed to, did you guys open that other email, the, the uh, ice sport attachment I yes, and yes, all yes. the good things that Paul Holmgren did in his tenure? So like, I
2: don't, yeah, I don't. I mean, Paul Holmgren wasn't a horrifically bad GM. He was fine for most of his tenure. He just got a little wacky at the end, and a lot of that might have been because of Ed Snyder's insistence that he do stuff. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is that the NHL is ridiculous, and because he offer-sheeted someone, which is like a completely legitimate thing that an NHL GM is allowed to do, everyone got pissy about it and wouldn't talk to him anymore. So he had to go. Which is ridiculous, but it is
1: what it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. it's uh, And listen, Holmgren, the second half of Holmgren's tenure was a goddamn disaster, and he was straight up chasing the dragon, like, trying to create... It just They weren't going to get there no matter what he did, and he just kept making... Not only was he going for it, he was going for it with bad moves. Uh, All and,
0: I want <laughs> is for Paul Holmgren, before they hire a new GM to is to offer sheet neilander.
1: <laughs> you know, that's that's I all I think I want. it would be a lot of fun. Yes. But the flyers have a lot of young guys.
2: What's well, yeah, we could use another one.
1: I no, mean, it's never going to hurt. No, no, it's not that I don't want another one. It's that then Toronto does it to us.
2: Oh, okay, yeah. Cuz that's the no, real thing. They, they could. That's I mean, they the
1: real fear that keeps everyone quickly. off of it. Well, that's um. why the Flyers didn't give a shit about doing it pre-salary cap. They're like, yeah, yeah, sure. Ryan Kessler, done. Yeah, Chris Gratton, sure, done. Like, they didn't care. Because what were you going to do? Try to drive up the price on the Flyers? Fine. Like, that just meant everyone else is going to be more expensive for those teams, too, because the Flyers will pay anybody. Now there's actually a salary cap, so I worry about, like, revenge. And That's if a team a, yeah. is
0: going to do revenge, it would be
1: the Maple Leafs. Literally. Yeah, yeah. obviously. <laughs> Uh, one, I will say though, listen, this, don't ruin my fun. Looking at the situation, the flyers are in and how they have this fully stocked cupboard of picks and prospects and cap space, all these assets, plus a fairly talented NHL roster and looking at what Paul Holmgren did the last time, uh, this team switched GMs in November and it happened to be him inheriting the job. He inherited a shittier situation and created a contending team inside of 1 year and built a top 4 cup contending defense in like a year and a half, 2 years. He might not be the worst possible guy to be manning up this 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 situation right now. A year and a half mm-hmm. from now? No, I don't want him. But he might not be the worst. Here's the only thing that worries me. Well, I I there's think There's more than one thing well, that worries me. Th- I'm trying the... to Find the positives too, because we all know the negatives.
2: Well, well, yeah. It's just that you know, the the one thing that we can all agree Hextall did well was get us out of cap hell, and restock the pipeline. And so it would be, I think, a bit of a problem. Like that whole thing with Dave Scott saying multiple times that he wants to spend to the cap. It's like, all right, cool, dude. Um, but did you know that we've got a lot of young guys that we've got to sign in the
1: next couple of years? So maybe leaving a little wiggle room might be a good idea. I- I yeah, that, like, uh, like eventually maybe spend to the cap. Like, when everyone's off their ELCs and all oh, we have... E-, but I really think that was him trying to be... Ex- uh, like, I feel like he was just being excitable. And yeah. he's not... He's... I feel like he was just trying to be Ed Snyder. And he doesn't really have the say that Ed Snyder did. Like, he's gonna empower a Paul Holmgren who, you know, that could be a disaster in itself. But... I don't think him saying I'm going to spend to the cat means what Ed Snyder saying. No, I'm going to spend every dollar and then I'm going to cheat to spend more. Like, I don't... Like, <laughs> I don't think it means this... I hope it doesn't mean the same well, thing. Yeah. If it does, they're screwed. No. Mm-hmm. So what have we learned in the two days since Hextall's firing? Like, have any more details really, like, stuck out to you?
0: Um, that he was a little bit of a psychopath when it comes to yeah. being a control freak. Right? I... I don't know why, but that
2: ne- it never would have occurred to me that he was this kind of human being.
0: Like, I, I got that he was stubborn, and I got that he was in charge of everything, but it kind of seems like they're definitely making it sound like he was a psychopath.
2: Like, I, I forget where I read this, and so I don't know if it's exactly true, but something about how, like, someone had an injury and had to wear a brace, and they made every he made everyone wear the brace for, like, a practice or something, so they could understand... Like, what he was going through. Or some some crazy nonsense. I mean, between that and, like, the controlling what everyone ate, and, like... I, I don't know. It, it seems like it... I can kind of tell now why it seems like the players were no longer having fun playing hockey.
1: I heard that as well, Kelly, and uh, it reminded me... I remember back in, like, the 90s hearing that when, you know, Shields still weren't mandatory, Bob Clark urged his guys, because he's paying them a ton of money, uh, urged all his guys to wear face masks, you know, wear visors. And a lot of them were like, no, I'm not doing it. And that was their choice. But this, when I heard that, it reminded me of that. But it was like, no, this is now mandatory. And like you said, it seems to be coming out now that he was a control freak and all the Chip Kelly comparisons are coming out now. I have a serious issue with all these reporters Who weren't reporting it at the time it was happening. Because, Steph, you and I were doing another sports show, uh, yelling about sports, talking about Chip Kelly while he was the coach of the team. Yep. And we knew he was a control freak then. Yep.
0: So, there was, do you guys remember Eric Wellwood? Yes. I mean, it's it's hard to forget what
1: happened to him. The pool of blood, Um, was that the Achilles cut? It was. Yes. Oh, yeah. Ugh.
0: Yeah, so Ugh. that happened, it cut his Achilles tendon, it yeah. was 70% severed, three additional tendons were completely severed, There, just his skate was just full of blood, and he almost died.
1: Yeah, that was disgusting.
0: Um. After that, now that happened in 2013, so Holmgren was still the GM, but Hextall was here as assistant GM. And he'd after be the that, GM of
1: the Phantoms at the time.
0: That feels right. Yeah. Um, After that, I know all of the players on the Flyers had to start wearing Kevlar socks.
1: Yeah, I know it did save Giroux at one point. He had a... I don't think it would have been as brutal as maybe the Wellwood one. But when you get a skate down your heel like that, it's fucking scary. Yeah. Uh, And he missed, like, a game or didn't even miss any time. I remember them saying, like, they credited the Kevlar socks to, to, like keeping him alive let alone keeping him on the ice
0: yeah and i remember you know distinctly the shen brothers they already wore them so they were getting interviewed about what what's this new change like and they're like it's nothing we already wear them it's no big deal um so that's something i mean it was paul holmgren that was the gm but it was an equipment change that was mandatory they all had to start wearing these kevlar socks like I get it. it. It could have come from from Hextall, you know, seeing the injury for the Phantom as being like, listen, this is something that we don't want to happen to anybody else.
1: Yeah, and I just there are so many hockey players and it's always um, been crazy to me. There are so many hockey players who play barefoot in their skates and what? I, weird. Oh, yeah. Like they love it. They. Everyone always told me if you ever try it, you'll never go back. But I just couldn't get. I just couldn't get through the idea of the initial blisters. I was just going to say, that sounds like Blister City. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I couldn't do it. I wore dress socks, but I had to wear some sort of covering.
2: It is kind of annoying, though, that... And I think it's because a lot of these guys are absolute sycophants who care more about their access than they do about actually doing their jobs. The fact that we didn't hear a word of Ron Hextall being an asshole until all of this happened. Not a peep.
0: I mean, there were a lot of changes that were blamed on Hackstall, which now looking back, was it a Hackstall change? Like, at practices, players were no longer allowed to interact with, like, kids along the glass. They weren't allowed to toss pucks to them. And that was always, well, Hackstall runs a really tight ship and doesn't want to distract the players, but was that a Hextall thing? Yeah. I don't know.
2: I think at this point it seems like it probably was a Hextall thing because he's the one who wouldn't let the assistants talk to a me- the media. He wouldn't let the, I think, something about appearances, he wouldn't let the players do appearances anymore. I don't know. It, it Yeah. I think a lot of the things that we may have attributed to Dave Hextall
1: were Ron. Yeah, is... And, um, like, there's two parts of this. One, I was down with the Hextall process until he told me, okay, now it's time to win, and then did none of the things, yeah, you know, that were necessary to help the team win more games than it did the year prior. Um, you know, I think he did a great job of doing the things he, he, he set out to do, but I, I don't know if he was ever going to be the guy to, to make them win. Uh, I never really knew what Dave Scott's role was, I really like this quote, though, We're look in terms of what they're looking for out of a replacement. We're looking for bright, energetic, strategic thinkers, but also balancing that with a bias for action and being able to make some things happen. I gotta say, I love the phrase bias for action. I don't know much about Dave Scott, but I like that a lot. If we're all bored with the way the Flyers play, <laughs> uh, you know.
2: <laughs> I mean, yes, but also... Apart from the goaltending situation, I don't think—at least any of us—want to see big blockbuster trades going on with this roster. Like, I feel like the roster is good.
0: The roster isn't that good. You don't the think the roster is good? I think the their last good. place in the East. Like, there, there's a lot of work to be done, specifically in the bottom six. Definitely on defense. Like, there's—you know. We we're falling into this line of thinking that well there's just nothing you can do there there is there's always something you can do you just are go- it's gonna be painful to do it like oh we just can't get rid of Andrew McDonald well you can it's just gonna take another piece that you don't want to get rid of to
1: get rid of Andrew McDonald and that's like I'm all for because that that list I sent you guys like Holmgren made all those moves and he did not have anywhere near the assets that this next guy will have. And he made all these moves and improved the team, brought in a lot of guys, and was able to do so without losing Mike Richards, Jeff Carter, JVR, or Claude Giroux. He moved, in, uh, he moved Steve Downey, who was a first-round pick, and he moved uh, Yoni Pikinen, who was a first-round pick. But what they need to do, yes, they need to identify some of the prospects, some of the young guys that are untouchable, who they believe are cornerstone pieces. And then the rest of them, if there are deals to be made, you make them. There is a way to win and keep an eye on the future. It's a balancing act. It's going to take some work. It's not going to be easy, but they are very much in position to be able to do it with some savvy moves like they made, you know, in 2007 to 2010.
0: Yeah. Like Wayne wrong. Simmons, for example, shouldn't still be here. Yeah. If he, like that, that was a move, and I love Wayne Simmons. But that was a move that should have been made.
1: The singular thing that will tell me if I, the singular thing that will color my view of whoever the new GM is, is I'm really nervous about a Wayne Simmons extension because they want to placate, you know, the fans who love him.
0: Yeah. I've heard now extremely off the record. (laughs) I'm not even going to repeat it. No, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to
1: say it sorry what if you say it in pig latin
0: (laughs) (laughs) i have i've heard that ron hextall wanted to give wayne simmons a a long extension Eh. and that that didn't mesh with what the plans for the team were i mean it doesn't make sense
1: especially after you just signed jvr i always thought jv the jvr signing was just a, a wayne simmons replacement a year ahead of time um I just, I love Wayne. He's one of my probably easily five favorite Flyers ever. Uh, I just, if the new guy extends him, I think it's bad news.
0: Agreed. I don't know whether I need to cut that part out or not, <laughs>
2: Stephanie. This is why we'll never be the number one Flyers podcast. I yes.
1: know. Well, don't there's share only one. Your shit. There's only. I'm gonna one. leave it. Uh, That's true. It. <laughs> this, this, uh. This part about Lombardi, though, it was interesting how everyone immediately rushed to say, "Hey, it's going to be Dean," and then it wasn't. And he's staying on uh, in his in his council role, and he's going to help out uh, Holmgren and Bobby Clark apparently, and Dave Scott. But I, 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 are we getting? I I like that they have a lot of voices, and there's going to be some debate, I guess. But I don't know. It just seems even though they're going to go quote-unquote outside the organization all these guys would hire the same guy to me
2: yeah and that's the thing that kind of i i've been thinking a lot about that the fact that one of the things that it's been said about hexall is that he shut out the old boys club that's kind of been running the flyers for the last 20 or 30 years and part of me thinks that like that was probably good Like, I mean, these guys have been running the show for a long time and we've not won anything. So perhaps the fact that he decided to shut out all of the hockey men who have been hanging around this organization since they retired from the league might have been a good thing and having all of them by committee making the choices now, I worry slightly that it could be a bit of a regression depending on who they pick. Like, what's his face from Minnesota? Seems kind of just like Ron Hextall, but I don't know
1: Fletcher.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Fletcher. I
1: think there's two sides of it. Like Ron needed. I want my GM to be separated from the from the good old boys network, and I think Ron was trying to do that, even though he is, in fact, one of the one of the boys. Uh, but. The idea that, like, the, the alumni was shut out of the organization, and it just seems that – I talk about this all the time. I remember when uh, Yager was, was, was here for the one season, and early on in his tenure he was asked, what's the difference between here and the Rangers? And he, the, he said, hey, man, Rangers are a first-class organization. No, not knocking them, but they are very much a button-up you know, business. And the Flyers are run like a family, and everybody really appreciates that. And if they were losing that atmosphere, like something that makes guys want to sign long-term contracts, something that makes those guys then go out and tell other players, hey, if you get a chance, come and play here. Like, uh, 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 makes all the players' wives and girlfriends feel like they're part of the organization. Like, every, like all that stuff I think is really important. Yes, my GM needs yeah. to be separated from it and still be able to go, yeah, I'm, I'm going to fire this guy because he sucks at his job but i still want that familial atmosphere
2: yeah i don't want that to die i mean that is part of what makes this one of the best organizations in the league but if you told me that i had to lose that in order to win a stanley cup yeah, i would want to lose it
1: yeah yeah
0: agreed i just yeah, think there's, there's some a way things that separate. need to be some things that need to be put on the priority list and winning is like just above atmosphere
1: I think that that atmosphere, the work atmosphere, lends itself to winning. While they didn't win a cup, this team was a cup contender from 1995 until 2011. Yeah, it's pretty good. The whole time, except for one season. Management can only put the players on the ice, and they did that. The players failed. The players failed a lot, and it's unfortunate but management, for the most part, did its job in those years.
0: Shit, when did I start to cover this team? Was it 2011? Am I the problem? <laughs> oh, Steph. I might be the problem. I regret to inform you that you're fired. It's been, it's about time. And
2: we'll see what happens. If nothing
0: changes, you can come back. Okay, yeah. good. Thank Yay. you.
1: <laughs> so, guys, just, I guess, to wrap, up our, uh, to wrap up our Flyers talk, what's next? What do you think happens next is it Chuck Fletcher? I don't know, do, man. Do you think Hack stays? What, what do you think is next?
2: I sincerely hope it's the Buffalo guy whose name I always forget. Um, just because, and, and I know that obviously, uh, Botterill or whatever, however you say his name, is the main impetus behind the fact that the Sabers have completely turned it around in the span of one off season. But just having somebody from an organization that's turned it around that quickly. I think can't be a bad thing and also i don't know i i want someone analytics focused i want someone on the younger end of the spectrum who might have different ideas about how you construct a hockey team i just want i want something different i don't want another hockey man i want to do this wherever we can find him
0: yeah
1: yeah i'm i'm torn Like, I just think whoever comes in is inheriting a good situation, and it will be, like, Steph, the reason you and I would fight about what the alleged power structure was within this organization is, while it's pretty clear Paul Holmgren is still, uh, uh, you know, a main guy, I saw none of his influence. You know, he had, I saw none of it, not a little bit of his influence, and then it turns out, yeah, that was the problem. Uh, like <laughs> <that, laughs> just kept shrinking his inner circle and really wasn't a delegator, really just kind of uh, and I, I'll I'll give him credit for being so confident in his plan, but man when was it you know, I know you can't put a timeline on it, but give me a rough estimate of when you, when I could expect to have a shot on my net and think, oh, there's a decent chance it's not gonna go in.
0: I haven't reached fully the point of being angry at Ron Hextall for being so stubborn, but I'm getting close because we were all bought into his plan. Yeah. we were there. Like we love the idea of drafting and developing, drafting and developing, and and we know the types of players that he targeted, and the the identity that he wanted to to create on the ice with these players and how they fit together. And we were all on board and now nobody has a fucking clue what it's going to look like. Like all of these players that we've been stockpiling that have high hockey IQs and are good two way players. They, they, they might not mesh at all with the next GM's vision. Uh, You know, like the, the offensive defensemen that we have in droves, might not be worth the new GM's time. Like nobody, nobody knows what the next phase is going to look like, and that's infuriating to me. Like if all it took was trading for a fucking goalie at the deadline, and Ron Hextall wouldn't do it, and and now we're in this position, that's inexcusable.
2: Oh yeah, it's super infuriating, the idea that. He was so unwilling. Like, I could understand if his plan was visibly working, but I think that five years in, we should have been seeing results. And since we aren't, the idea that he wasn't willing to budge at all is absurd. doesn't make yes. any sense. Like, it's not working, Ron. In this, in this fashion, it's not working. You have to do
1: something. Now that he's gone, and it appears as if they're going to try to cash in, I really don't... I think it was worth it. I think him setting the table the way that he did and putting them in position, like, I... I,
0: I... No, it was. Yes, it was worth it. It yeah. was.
1: He and died I for our sins, to... like Sam Hinkey.
0: I I want to see it successfully move to the next stage. Oh, and that's going to be, you know... If, if, if it doesn't go back to how things were. I still, I want the Phantoms to remain competitive. I want the Cupboards to remain stocked. I don't want to I, – I need a new general manager that still has the draft and develop mindset but is a little bit more aggressive. That's what I want. Yeah,
2: and I think that that's, like, a super reasonable thing to ask for. Like, I don't think that's a thing that doesn't exist. So I'm not sure I'm going to know how to feel until we know who the next guy is.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm uneasy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm nervous, yeah. Because I was so invested in what he was doing, which I think is why I was ready to see Hextall leave. Because I wasn't ready to see this process end.
1: That's uh, I I'm appreciative of it, and and I asked for it. Like I wanted, I wanted Hextall to do what he did. I thought it was necessary. Um, but now it's time to move on. And I, I, like I said, I was with the process until. It, until I wasn't, you know, until it was over and it was time to take the next step, and they didn't. All right, Kelly, you brought up this team, so we're going to move on to them now. Yeah, at, yeah, I did point, at what point do we start taking the Buffalo Sabres seriously? They have 10 straight strong wins. Fam. They lead their division. They lead their conference, and they lead the league overall. That's he- right. On November 28th, 2018, the Buffalo Sabres are leading the president's trophy race. Someone
2: has glitched the matrix. Is the only explanation for this. It doesn't yeah, make any sense. Is very
0: wrong here. I don't
2: know. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of cool though, right? It's. I think it's super fun. I it like is. the Buffalo Sabers as an organization, so I'm into them being successful. Um, but it is pretty out of nowhere.
1: No, and Carter Hutton's a great story. Yeah. They went out and get Jeff Skinner. He's scoring like his name's Patrick Line. A, uh, it's fun. And when you're looking at an organization that. You know, had some pieces and then turned the corner. Well, here's yeah. here's your outline right here. That's what that's all I want. Just turn the fucking corner. Yeah. It's, it's not it's, hard, it's right there. Just turn it. Uh it's it's just funny as hell to me, like that Atlantic, we talk about it as that three team division, and I don't think you know, we talked maybe in our division previews about how they could be better and more fun, but better and more fun than they were last year was literally, you know, living and breathing. Yeah, um, I think you I think you put them in your fun losers category. Yeah. yeah. And now all of a sudden they're fun freaking winners, <laughs> right? Like, it's crazy. Skinner scores the OT winner against his old team. Like that wasn't the most obvious thing ever. Like like the like Carolina really is the Flyers. <laughs> I don't like this timeline. <laughs>
0: like I'm I'm happy for them in that. They were aggressive in the off season. They made moves, they did what they had to do, and now they're seeing their returns. But I just can't get excited for that team. Are you still
2: anti-Jack Eichel? You just hate Jack Eichel so much.
0: I hate the city of Buffalo in general. I'm sorry to our listeners that live there. It's a nice city.
1: I don't want to spend any time in Buffalo, but I will thank Buffalo for my favorite food, Buffalo Wings.
0: Like, I respect Hmm. Lake Effect snow. Kelly, I don't think you were here when we discussed that last week.
2: No, I wasn't. I missed a whole thing about Lake Effect snow. That sounds like extremely my shit. I think that was just it. I respect it. it.
0: I want to experience it a couple times in my life. Oh,
2: I got stuck in it one time. It was a nightmare.
0: Just a couple times in my life. (laughs) But that's it. That's it. That's all that I need from the city of Buffalo.
1: I appreciate a fan base that is as loyal as Buffalo's. Yes. I will say that. Exactly. Uh, They're good hockey people up there. Um, You know, it's not a big place. It's not like they're a four-sport city. And they support the shit out of the Sabres, and they're getting returns after, you know, it's a small market team. Uh, They get—they put to—they build good teams, and then they get ravaged by, you know, the Flyers and Rangers trying to steal their best players. Um,
0: there the SB Nation brand die by the blade. That's cool. Of, I mean, it's got one of my favorite brand names, and everyone over there is fantastic. It's not
1: quite litter box cats, but it's up there.
0: Or defending Big D. <laughs>
2: <That's> <laughs> I always defend Big D, and I think you do too,
1: guys, <laughs> queens. <laughs> All right, guys. I have I have a I have a serious question for you. Oh no.
0: I have a serious answer for
1: you. Is Tom Wilson good? No. All right. Moving on. Wilson is on a four-game goal streak, six-game point streak, has points in seven of eight games since returning from his suspension, Uh, six goals and six assists total uh, on the season. He's got four multi-point games. The Caps were seven, six, and three. In the 16 games while Wilson was suspended, they're 7-1-0 while, since Wilson came back. The one game they lost was the game Wilson didn't record a point.
0: So he, they won he, the same amount of games with him as they have without him.
1: In half the number of games.
0: It doesn't matter. They've won the same amount of games with him than without him. Is he playing? Who's he playing with? Because I know oshi has been out for a while.
1: He's up on the top line. Well, there you go.
0: Well, let me tell you, I could go on a four game goal streak and six game point streak playing with fucking Ovechkin. You know,
1: we thought that about. Um, uh, We thought that about Giroux and Voracek and their left winger, and it turns out it wasn't true.
0: No, well, I'm talking about Alex Ovechkin. Mm. Was it Ovechkin? It's a little bit
2: different. Was it Ovechkin who. Compared him to Eric Lindros and made
1: my head explode. I think it yeah, might have been. Yeah, that was. I forgot to. I forgot yeah. to add that part. That's actually ha- that what was made just, me create the Tom Wilson uh, topic, and I forgot to add that part.
2: <laughs> that, that
1: was a little, mm,
2: bridge you know. too far, in my opinion. Like, like maybe let's not with the comparisons to a Hall of Famer and like and oh, generational talent. Slow the yeah, fuck down. And
1: Wilson is a. I again. I like Tom. I don't for. I probably like Tom Wilson as much as any non-caps fan can. Um,
0: No, you like Tom Wilson as much as any caps fan. You like Tom Wilson? When he does dirty
1: shit, I believe he deserves to be disciplined for it. I don't think I don't think he's a clean player. I think he sometimes is dirty. And I just don't think that's the worst thing in the world all the time. Just get it under control a little better. Don't get suspended four times in a hundred days. Like, that's too much. I think he's
2: absolutely a product of the line that he plays on, and he very often gets plopped on a line with very good players and benefits from it.
1: I think he's a first-round pick finally coming into his own. He's Chris Kunitz.
2: Nah, he's Chris (laughs) Kunitz. He's not Chris Kunitz. He's Chris Kunitz. He's
0: better than Chris Kunitz. Chris Kunitz is
2: good. Everyone thinks he's good because he played with Sidney Crosby. The end. I respect that. Thank you.
1: He is better than Chris Kunitz. I would go to my grave saying that. Well, Jesus.
0: I wish Charlie were here.
2: Me too. Charlie would absolutely agree with me. I'm going to stick by that.
0: I'll
1: talk to Charlie.
0: <laughs> no, I'll talk to Charlie. God
1: damn, You people are nuts. Listen. You're nuts. I'm not saying Tom Wilson is a good guy. or he's not a, I'm not saying he's not a menace. I'm just saying he's pretty no, good at your, hockey. Your
0: question was, is he
1: good? The answer is no. Eh, he's pretty good at hockey. Is he passable? Maybe. He's got 12 points in eight games.
2: I mean, he's not a bottom tier NHL forward, but he's certainly not a top tier
1: NHL forward. He's
0: better than Yori Latera. Yeah, he's
1: playing right now, at this point, he's playing like a top tier NHL forward. Whatever. Move Debatable. On. So, the William Melander <laughs> saga is going to result, well, going to be resolved at least temporarily, if nothing else, by Saturday. The deadline for him to sign his contract is 5 p.m. on December 1st. Uh, to be eligible to play, he has to sign before then. If not, he has to sit out the whole season um sporting news the sporting news says with the deadline fast oh this is just them quoting another report sportsnet's chris johnston reported saturday a six-year agreement worth six with around 6.9 million nice The season remains <laughs> possible his colleague elliot friedman feels the two sides aren't far apart claiming they're within about half a million dollars of each other
0: that's better than what we had been hearing
1: Mark Walensky of the Toronto Sun reports, Carolina has been on Nylander. Uh, The Leafs, uh, they're saying they kind of want, if they're going to trade him, which is still a possibility, I don't believe it, but they're kind of looking for right shot defensemen. Uh, Carolina has a bunch of those. Anaheim, Minnesota, and Philadelphia are also listed as potential trade destinations. How do you think this ends?
2: I think that our new heroic general manager is going to pull off a trade william nylander I would he love will come that. to philadelphia and he will save us all
1: i would be all for that fam <sighs> me too God, i want william nylander
0: so bad seriously
2: i would uh there's not a lot of pieces on this team that i would not give up for william
1: nylander
0: yeah
2: oh of yeah of course it's that's probably
1: a, not gonna happen it's just but. a question of fit like they're looking to win the cup now i mean granted they're building towards the future as well but they can win a cup like does Travis Sanheim really interest them in their pursuit of a Stanley Cup in twenty nineteen?
2: Well I like the thing is though, like they're the only weak spot that they have is defense. So yeah. if they really, really want to ensure that they're that this is the year, they're gonna need to shore up that defense
1: and And who is more reliable than Andy McDonald?
2: He is reliable in all three zones. <laughs> Radko Goodis. Exactly. Having a good season.
1: Right shot.
2: Right shot, baby. And you can't teach size. No, you can't. You
1: can't teach he's that. he's
0: already worn blue, and mm-hmm. it works for him.
1: <laughs> Who says no, in my opinion? That's, I'd be, uh, listen, there, again, uh, agreeing with you guys, there's very little I'd be willing to say is untouchable in a potential, uh, in a potential William Nylander trade. Um, it's pretty wild that
2: they're only a couple hundred thousand dollars apart, though. Like, come on, guys. Like,
0: but get your shit together, Seriously. Please. Well, Just what's holding... Decide what could... that
2: your dicks are the same size and sign a fucking contract.
1: What could be holding them up is the fact that it came out this week, Mitch Marner's uh, agent confirmed that Marner won't even talk contract extension until after the season, and he is just absolutely freaking awesome. But in Austin Matthews' absence, he has proven to be I mean, this stuff, this this article, I can't. Who wrote it? It was it was Ken Campbell of the Hockey News, and so I don't. I hope I hope he gets a Christmas card at the very least from Marner's agent, um, because he he writes this story about how Marner won't um, won't be talking extension till after the year, and he says, you know, Tuesday marked exactly one month since Matthew played a game, and in the thirteen games he has been out, Marner has two goals, fifteen assists for seventeen points total. And he asks, do we begin, at this point, to contemplate the possibility that, in the long term, he might actually turn out to be a better player than Matthews? Oh, the that's delicious. Yes. yes, we do. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Oh, no, okay, yeah, so yes, yes, we do, is his answer. Well, that's
2: ridiculous. I mean, as, as a, the person on this podcast who owns a Mitch Marner shirt, that's <laughs> absurd like he's super good and super fun to watch and is absolutely going to earn himself a giant contract but he's not austin matthews let's not get crazy
0: as the person on this podcast who owns an austin matthews jersey it's true i'm come. i come here to say that's ridiculous mitch marner is a very good hockey player austin matthews is an elite hockey player
2: yeah, this is one of those hilarious things where people are like, uh, do we need both of these good guys? No. Like, maybe we should only pay one of the good guys. Why I would mean, you want to have two? If
0: they want to trade Austin Matthews to Philadelphia <laughs> for defense, that's fine. Yeah, I yeah don't, like, he's
1: American, I, so they should probably get rid of him. I don't think that's what they're insinuating here, but I do think it's kind of funny for this to come out. Oh yeah, he uh, his agent confirmed to us this story. Of course he confirmed it to you. So you would write this fucking story saying he's as good as the guy who's gonna get $13 million. Like, of course he confirmed I mean, it to you. I mean, the thing that's,
2: like, a little bit spicy about this is that even when they, and I, obviously they're going to sign William Nylander before Saturday, when yeah. they sign him, regardless of what they're paying him, they could end up still having to trade him because they have to pay so many of these kids. And all of these kids are super good. Like, Kapanen has come on since Nylander's been sitting out. Obviously, Marner and Matthews. So, Nylander has done himself a bit of a disservice, because he's proven to be the most expendable asset that they have at this point, just by way of the fact that the offense is still kicking ass without him. So, I mean, I think it's possible that... Nealander could get traded, you know, maybe in the offseason or something when they figure out how much money they need to have. But,
1: yeah. Here's my question, because people keep wording it as if by Saturday we'll know if he's signed or traded or sitting out the year. I get that he won't – if he doesn't sign a contract, he won't be eligible. But, say, in January, they're just fed up with it. Can they trade his rights?
2: Oh, I don't know.
1: Or do they have to wait for there to be? I I just because they still have his rights. Yeah. They can sign him to a contract whenever he's just ineligible to play this year after yeah. Saturday.
2: I would think logically that he he could be traded. He just wouldn't be able to play for his new team. Yeah,
1: yeah, he couldn't play, and so a team would be like, "What am I going to give up for a guy I don't get until next October?" But he's an awesome freaking player, uh, and like twenty-two years old. So you know, probably a lot. Uh, yeah, I just I wanted to know if if any of you knew that, because I hadn't actually seen that part explained. I don't
0: know if there are very many people preparing for that future. I think everyone's just kind of under the assumption that it's going to get done.
2: Yeah, Nylander would be a real fool to sit out an entire season over a couple hundred thousand dollars.
1: If that's what it is, and it ter- it seems like it is, because this, you know, this the source is clearly Nylander's camp here, um... Uh yeah, so I I can I cannot imagine he is going to sit out the year that uh, this uh, you could have said that about Le'Veon Bell in football, but hockey contracts are guaranteed, man. Like, and hockey players are just a different breed. Uh, other than Eric Lindros, I can't think of a guy who sat out. Yeah, and not only that, but like
2: hockey people are vindictive and spiteful and hold grudges. So if he ends up sitting out for a whole year, he's just going to devalue himself for probably the length of his career because hockey men are ridiculous. There is I can't
0: I, believe it's lasted this long.
2: Uh, me, neither.
1: me neither. I never expected that it would last this long. It's crazy. This is
0: insane. This is insane.
1: I was watching uh and this was like it was it wasn't Hockey Night in Canada, but it was some uh intermission show of a uh, of, uh, during a Toronto game. It was a Canadian-based game. I don't even remember what was going on. But they bring up Nylander during, like, this intermission discussion show, and one of the panelists just go, I'm done. I'm not talking about this guy anymore. He's a good player. He's not worth this much time. Like, you know what? He's not a superstar yet. I'm not devoting this much time or thought or anything to him. I'm done with it. The rest of you can discuss. And it was, was damn so funny. Like, oh, man, even the Canadian media is sick of it. Well, <laughs> when telling, I. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I, I was just gonna say, um, this this article I have linked here, the hockey news article about this, is very good, and I recommend it because there's a lot to it. But this part I think you'll really like. I think this really speaks to your interests, and it just it's it's this um, like hypothetical situation where Matthews Marner and Patrick Linea of the Jets all get to restricted free agency, don't sign contract extensions prior, and Thanks. he says. And Campbell writes, let's put it this way. If Matthews, Marner, and Line A become restricted free agents and none of them receives an offer sheet, the NHL PA, the NHL Players Association, would have a case for collusion. And that is true. Yep. Like, there's Absolutely. no way, I don't care what the salary cap ramifications are, what sort of recourse you feel, you fear, if you can get what will be a top five player for the next 10 years. Yeah, you do it. You absolutely do it.
0: I mean, it's... I think... I mean, that's quite a stretch to be like, with these three really good players on two different teams, if their teams don't but want to pay them, like, it's just a stretch. No, it's, those are kind get restri- of, like, the not, best
1: guys. Not even if they don't want to pay them, just if they get to restricted free agency. And all of a sudden, now they are available to be taken. These aren't very good players. These are some of the best players in the league. These are elite young talents that franchises are built around, and if a team just goes, "Oh yeah, I mean, I can, I could submit an offer sheet, but uh, I don't want them to be mad at me." Uh, no, I'm sorry, you. That means there's collusion going on league wide to keep player salaries down.
2: I mean, I mean, definitely there is. I mean, it, we all know at this point it's like established fact that paul holmgren resigned from his job as general manager because no one would deal with him because he offer sheeted shea weber which is absurd so the fact of it's a fact at this point that these guys will not work with you if you offer sheet someone which means that no one's
1: the islanders seemed pretty willing to do business with paul holmgren
2: well garth snow is um (laughs) he was a special man and (laughs) now that he's gone i'm
1: not sure if that would be the case yeah true true that's very true
0: and also, the Flyers took all of their garbage. Why would they not want to work? With exactly. that, <laughs> yeah, that was my That's joke. true.
1: <laughs> we, we, Mark Streit was okay for a couple of years. Yeah,
0: he was good. He then was, his, he was fine.
1: Then his penis fell off. Peyton brought us ghost. He sacrificed for our sins, much like Ron Hextall.
0: Mm.
1: It's important this time of year to recognize those who, uh, you know. I guess that's Easter. This is just the birth. Yeah. Never mind. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you tried. I saw you were uh, going, and it was a good effort. Stuff uh, this, time, <laughs> this week on Broad Street Hockey. Bill talks theology. <laughs> You're not gonna get that on another can Flyers hear podcast ben today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, uh, is that it? Are we, are we done? Yes. So Do we have so one of our
0: else? one of our biggest fans oh, and good. a friend of mine, um, Josh, is a pastor, and if we haven't offended him yet,
1: <laughs> that's true. You know, is Josh the one who calls me the dirty guy? No,
0: <laughs> no, Josh used to be one of our writers at Sons of Penn. Oh,
1: that guy. Okay, yeah, Josh. Yeah, you know, Josh. Yeah,
0: if we haven't offended Josh yet, like it's probably not gonna happen.
1: Okay, that's good. I'm glad.
0: Yeah, we'll
1: all right, keep everybody. that is all the time we have for you on Ice Sport Radio this week. Uh, we dedicated quite a bit of it to the Philadelphia Flyers, but. They're huge league news. We also brought you some other stuff, so you better not feel ripped off. We did our job, goddammit. Give us a five-star review. All right, uh, for Kelly Please. and Steph, for Kelly and Steph, my name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody baseball truly it is awful i'm phillies writer justin clue join me every week along with john stolness liz Roscher, and dr trevor strunk as we discuss all the ways the phillies have hurt us on our podcast in season as well as historical anecdotes and raw emotional ramblings on our other shows continued success and the dirty inning subscribe to the good fight and you'll get conversations with insiders analysis of breaking news and stats 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 together we'll survive whatever baseball can throw at us